Welcome back to another episode of From the Suggestion Box, navigating feedback, the good, the bad, and the say what. Today I have my very, very special dear friend, Faye, with me, Miss Faye Bright. She is an author, speaker, coach, and she has served as communications coordinator at a church, a retail, postal, oh, I'm sorry, at a church, in retail, a postal service, bookkeeper, administrative assistant, and a scopist. Yes. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) That's what everybody does. Um, What a scopist is, is the person who comes along behind a court reporter to um, make sure that the transcripts are what they call clean to make sure that you don't have untrans... See, the, uh, the court reporter language is an entirely different thing than English. I'm sure. Because at times, they have to take down 300-plus words a minute. What? Yeah, it's crazy. It averages about 225. Wow. So as they're trying to get that down, that's why they... If you ever watched one, that's why it just looks like they're just... Yeah, yeah. And so that language, they have computer-assisted transcription software but it doesn't always transcribe what they've put in and so people who are scopists come along behind them and make sure that everything is translated and that commas get thrown where they're supposed to and that kind of thing i love it fun yeah the things that you just never knew existed in the world there's there who would have known but that is amazing because i'm sure it has a very important job because that could really make those little details could be huge in a case. So you don't want to have that messed up. I'm sure. Well, the, the importance of a comma, let's eat grandma. (laughs) Let's eat comma grandma. Yeah. Man, it makes a world of difference. Oh my goodness. And just so you all know, Faye is also nominated for an Author Academy Award. Her books have been touching so many lives and they're up for an award. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that before we get started? I'd be happy to. <laughs> As you can see, I have them here. This is Louise. Uh, it is the first in the Grandma, Mom, and Me saga. It uh, is the story uh, based on my own grandmother's life. She... Uh, Born in 1899, endured so many different things. She had a lot of loss in her life, but her faith remained strong. Second is Elena, based on my mother's life. And that was also, a, um, you know, there was a lot of fun involved growing up in the, on the farm there in Arkansas. But then there were um, some bad parts too, some tragedy, some trauma. And like her mother, her faith held out. And then the third part that I'm working on now is it will be called Beth. And that is based on my life. And there's been stuff, lots of stuff. And uh, (laughs) trying to not put everything in because, uh, you know, it'd be like war and peace. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So. uh, So are they fiction or nonfiction? They are fiction. Okay. They are based on these lives, but, you know, I didn't know all of this stuff from my grandmother's life. So, you know, I knew some of the pieces. Yeah. So one of the most, one of the most fun parts to write in that one was in doing the family history, we had found out that um, my, my grandmother's mother died when she was just a year old. Okay. 
and then there was a second wife. We found the, the marriage certificate for this second wife, but then there's nothing. No death certificate, no divorce decree, nothing. She just wow. disappeared. Whoa. And so what I wrote in the book was that as they were traveling from Illinois to Arkansas, that something happened that caused her to not make it to Arkansas. Interesting. So, Ooh, yeah. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I just think, and this is just my personal preference, I think the last name of the book should also be an E because you've got like Eloise and Elaine and like, it just should like the E's. I'm just, but I'm. I'm oh, no, this is just Louise, not Eloise. Oh, Louise. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. Yeah. I take it all back. Active <laughs> listening. Yeah. All right. So anyway, let's get down into the dirty of it. So we are talking about feedback. We are talking about, and I'm sure as an author um, and a speaker, um, that you have been in a situation that you have either asked for feedback or you got it. Uh, not necessarily willingly, um, unsolicited, but let's talk about it. So let's talk about, let's start with maybe the best piece of feedback that you received. Um, especially, I always love the ones that where it was hard to hear, but you are so glad that the person told you because it's exactly what you needed in order to grow and to be successful. Do you have anything like that? Um. Well, let me go with that. The first thought that you had the, the best ever feedback. Okay. That was actually, um, talking about is speaking. Um, I had shared a message at a celebrate recovery meeting and the, in the big gathering and which is kind of like speaking at church and the message that I shared and I use props was about dropping the baggage. Okay. And the young man that I'm that gave me feedback two years later was you have no idea how that message changed my life and seeing that he was now clean and sober and back home with his wife and sons was amazing. Oh. So that was, that was like the best ever. I, I think I've walked on clouds ever since the, um, the, uh, the hard unsolicited kind Hmm. I, um, probably, um, I do freelance work for a, a company and, you know, they want things done a certain way. Mm -hmm. And basically I am filling in where the CEO used to do okay. these things. Okay. No pressure there. None. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Oh yeah. And so, you know, for the longest time he was, coming along behind me on everything. Oh, and, that's the worst. You know, but so kind in the way that he did it was you're improving. I see it. I know you're going to make it. Maybe we can make, make these changes. And then he told I me those changes. Like, I like that approach, like coming at it with, you know, like the whole killing them with kindness type thing. I yeah. like that. I kind of like that. That works. Okay. You know, okay. It, it, well, you know, it softened the blow. For sure. You know, it wasn't like saying, look at this red mark. Look at this yeah. red mark. Yeah. You see this? You could have done, because I've actually had a boss at one time who, even though she trained me, and even though I did it just like she trained me, she would just tear me up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's a type of feedback, right? So how did you handle that? Like, did you... 
like when I first started in my professional career, like I would just go in closets and bathrooms and cry all the time because I was like, I don't understand. Like, how did you handle that? Uh, I would get angry, <laughs> but at the same time, it was the kind of anger that was teary. You know, oh, you get more angry because yes. you're crying over this. Yes, that's the worst. It's like you feel like your face is betraying you and you're like, I'm crying because I'm mad, not because I'm weak. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then I would internalize it. So how did, so how did you learn to get out of that pattern or out of that habit? Because that's not really a good way to go about things. No, it's not. Um, and honestly, it's, it has been a lot of, um, of learning and training. And I call this my recovery because, um, for years and years, I would just take anything, any criticism, any pain, any hurt. And I would just stuff it down mm. until I was about to explode. Yeah. And no. uh, so I've learned, you know, I've learned what's mine and what's not mine. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that if it's not mine, I don't have to deal with it. And I've learned that if somebody speaks to me with anger or with pity or whatever the different things that come across, mm -hmm. I don't have to receive it. Mm. You know, I'm, I can filter out the, the stuff and hear the words and yes. get on with life. Love, 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 love that. Um, so have you ever gotten any type of feedback where you were just like, say, what? We're just like, what are you, what, what are you talking about? Has, have you ever gotten anything like that? Or you were just like dumbfounded? Um, not really from a, a supervisor that I can, that I can think of. Of course, you know, memory is the first thing to go. Um, <laughs> or even just like with, you know, people that you work, uh, work with or for, because you've managed teams of people and like worked with volunteers and things like that. So just even from, I mean, it could be from just anybody. Your kids, well, I, did, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I did have some folks when I was communications director there at the church, you know, there were people that did not know how to fold paper in half, you know, and make things neat. Um, so, you know, that was, and I was told that I was a perfectionist. It's for the church. But anyway, um, I, from a coworker before that in a secular job, one of the, uh, it was one of those, I, I did, I was like, because she was sitting there and she was one of these chatterboxes anyway. We did not have cubicles. It was just an open office. Okay. And I don't even know how she got onto the topic, but she was, she was just, you know, da -da 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 -da, this person's overweight and this person's doing this. And then she looked at me and she goes, well, since you're morbidly obese, can you tell me about exactly? <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I know I asked for it, but oh my gosh, like, how did you respond to her? You know, I, um, in that moment, I was too shocked to say anything. I, I couldn't trust my words and I couldn't trust getting up from my desk because I probably would have gone over and hurt her. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but um, you know, I got home that evening and I talked to my husband and then I actually, uh, for some other reason, ended up on the phone with our, our Sunday school leader. And I was like, cause he knew her 
Oh, okay. He, he knew who she was. And I was like, I've got to tell you this. I got it. I'm like, how do I handle this? And uh, so he listened and he listened and he said, Faye, there's only one thing you can do. And I was like, great. I'm going to go and I'm going to punch her in the face. No, <laughs> I, I would get in trouble at work. Okay. I'm going to go and tell her, what am I going to tell her? And he said, no, you're going to pray for her. And I was like, but I don't want to pray for her. Yeah. He said, but who needs prayer more? Mm. Wow. Yeah. So very sage advice and, and it helped, you know, and to be honest, it didn't change her a bit. Yeah. You know, God may have changed her at some point later point, but in the time that I knew her, it didn't change her a bit, but it changed me. Yes and made you stronger and made you a better person because of it. Well, and now clearly if people are looking at you, clearly you are not morbid, morbidly obese. But I weighed a lot more then. I mean, would you want to share a little bit about your story at all? I can. I, you know, I love to share about it. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, a year ago this time, I had just had a bariatric surgery. I had gastric sleeve surgery. When I started that journey, I weighed 268 pounds. Wow. I got on the scale at the doctor's office. I was 138. Hey, that is amazing. That is yeah. amazing. And can you clear up maybe a misconception, right? Because I feel like people think that if you have that type of surgery, that you, oh, you have the surgery and you could just do whatever you want and eat however you want and still, but there was a lot that, that was almost just like a catalyst to help you. You, your whole lifestyle has changed, right? I'm, yes, very much. I am very fortunate that my doctor teaches, um, this is not an answer. This is not a cure. This is a tool. Mm-hmm. And just like any other tool, if you use it improperly, it's going to hurt you instead of help you. Mm, yeah. And so um, it, part of the, the program is, is the doctor's decision. Part of it's what your insurance requires. But you don't just go in and say, hey, doc, I want to get this surgery. Let's get to it. No, it requires six months of check-ins with your, phys your regular physician. You go and you weigh in and you talk with him about him or her about what you're going to have done, why you're going to have it done. You, you have to have a psychological exam. Mm. You have to, um, you have to start making the, some of the changes before you have the surgery so that they can see that you mean business, mm -hmm. that you're going to do something with it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and it was funny. I had thought that I was doing those physicians visits, right? Um, they had thought that it, all I had to do was go in and weigh, but apparently, according to the insurance and the doctor, I had to go in and talk to my doctor. So I kind of had to start over after four months of those. Oh, my God. But, you know, it was, it was aggravating at the time, but it's like, okay, there's a reason. Yeah. It's all good. Um, but, uh, you know, you had to go through all these different classes. And I had, I knew that once I had the surgery, I'm not supposed to drink carbonated beverages. Well, I lived on Diet Coke. I mean, you know, that was my water. Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, it had water in it. Right? Exactly. Hello? No. <laughs> so, well, and so, you know, I know myself well enough that if I had waited until I had the surgery, 
I would resent not being able to drink that soda. If I had waited, I would resent having to give up my sodas. Okay. Because it would be the surgery causing it. But in February, I made the choice to stop it. You know, so that was what six months ahead of time. Right. Hear your story. I mean, I love it. And I can just think about, and I know I keep like harping on this feedback, but it's just, just because it's just such a part of everything that we do. And if we don't learn how to deal with it, it could really make or break it. So I'm just thinking, was there feedback that you were getting from friends, from family in terms of like, what made you, what was the feedback that you got? Was it just your feedback looking at yourself in the mirror that was like, you know what, I need to do something about this. Or did somebody say something that just made you go, Oh my gosh, I should really do this. And then going through the process, like where the doctors, when, the feedback that they were giving you, was it, was it encouraging? Was it like hurtful? Like, I just imagine there was a lot of that going on. With the doctor, the first visit, I cried like a baby. Aww. Because he gave me hope. Aww, that's so great. He, uh, you know, I sat there and I, you have to tell them, you know, your why. Why do you want to do this? And I'm like, well, I don't want my heart to kill me. Um, I had, I was diagnosed with AFib last year. Mm. So, you know, there was that and I had high blood pressure. I've had that since I was 19 until last year. Don't have it anymore. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but the, um, you have to go through that and, and explain. And, and there were things that had happened before that had kept me from being able to lose weight and keep it off. And so, um, he told me, he explained, well, yes, we can do this and showed me on the diagram. You can, you know, we'll take care of this and this will happen and da, 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 da. He has his staff members come in, a nutritionist and the one that will coordinate everything and all this. And those women were his patients as well. So, you know, they're sitting there telling me how they've done and, and things that they've learned but that first visit with him was just, it gave me hope. And so I'm sitting there, he's handed me the tissue and I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But before that, my husband always, always has said, I love you. I think you're beautiful. And if you want to lose weight, you make sure it's for you and not me because I'm not going to love you anymore or any less. All right, Wendy, can we duplicate him, like clone him a couple of times? Hell yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is just the jewel, just a jewel. And after the surgery then, you know, um, he would always, he was complimenting me. Um, the, the staff at the doctor's office was complimenting me. People at church that finally got to see me after about six weeks got to work, you know, complimenting me. And the thing though, that they taught mm -hmm. is to, and I know you've seen my posts about this is non scale victories. Yeah. You know, you can watch the scale go down that number. It'll go from, you know, 268 to 265 and did it. Mm -hmm. But it's just a number. Yeah. It's not something you can just celebrate over and over. So they tell you non-scale victories. So the three that are the most, that stand out the most to me was when I was able to go to a movie theater uh -huh. and sit down in the seat without my sides having to squish down between the, the arms of the chair. Yeah. 
I sat down and there was room. I had my elbows down beside me. You're like, yes. the, uh, another one was when I went into a regular bathroom stall, not the handicap. And I wasn't as big as the yeah. stall. Yeah, that was one. And then the one that really surprised me was when I was driving and I hope I can do it where you can see me. It's like, let's get, okay. So like <laughs> when I'm, when I was driving, you know, I would have my hands down at the bottom of the wheel and I would just turn, you know, this way, let the steering wheel uh, just move it through my hands yeah. that way. Yeah. And then one day after I had lost quite a bit of weight, I went to turn and I just held that steering wheel and went all the way around. And I was like, I, did, I was sitting there going, oh, because <laughs> I had not done that in years, in years. And so, you know, those are the things that I can celebrate and I can come back to and say, oh, that was so awesome. That was amazing. Man, that is so phenomenal, right? Because it's like those little things that a lot of people just take for granted that you don't even think about or realize, which is just, it's just, and we, we have so much to be thankful for. Um, today mm -hmm. we were actually talking to a young, um, a young gentleman and he is blind and he was just talking about, he's been blind from like three years old. So he, you know, there's a lot of things that he's never seen and he's like, I'm okay with it. You know, that's just, that's how my life is. I'm okay. And cause we were talking about doing audio description, our volunteers are working on doing audio description and we were trying to get feedback from somebody who was blind to ask them does this work and um one of the questions is like the detail like how much detail should we describe you know should we say like um you know if somebody's really sad that their eyes are sunken and just things like that and he was like you know he was like it is so beautiful if you would do that he was like because since i've never seen it a lot of times I learn about people's facial expressions and how people express sorrow through the description so it was a learning tool for him. And it was just like all of us on the call who were seeing were like, oh my gosh, we would take for granted, you know, if I just did like this, you know, and, but he's never seen that. Even something that he actually does on a daily basis, if he, you know, um, makes up his face for whatever reason, he's like, he's never seen himself do it. It was just like, wow, wow. So we have so much to be, um grateful for and, and a lot of times we just take it take for granted so many things in life that we don't even realize so just i love that the fact that you were just able to woohoo and you're like oh my gosh now you're gonna be i have to tell your husband to watch out you're gonna be doing donuts in the parking lot like yeah <laughs> she's like i can turn i can turn <laughs> love it so, well, so i've heard um a lot of times that people will go through this um surgery and they have like amazing results just like you are and then they start getting like so many compliments right and back on the feedback but they're getting all these compliments and um just like about how great they're looking and how well they're doing and all this kind of stuff but that sometimes that it can go to people's heads and they start to act differently because of it so how have you been able to not let all this influx of amazing you know, feedback and compliments. How have you kept, how have you stayed humble with that? Oh, probably because of my recovery. Okay. Um, I was, uh, for four years, five years, 
I was bullied from fifth grade till 10th and um, it had a lot to do with my looks and, and my size. So, you know, there was that and there were other things, traumas that had come along in my life beforehand. And that's what my recovery included was dealing with all of that. And now when people say, oh, you're looking great. And I'm just like, you know, God did it. I mean, that's always my first thing is God did it because I couldn't, I couldn't have done this without him providing this, this, these doctors to know how to do this and, and the insurance to help pay for it. And, you know, <laughs> so there's, there's just so much of it, but I, I, and honestly, I think that's, that's a big deal of it is realizing that it's, it's God that did it. Uh-huh. It's not anything that is fake, but um, you know, for the most part, I'm just, I accept it and that in itself has been difficult for me at times because of the past uh-huh. accept a compliment and just say, thank you. Yeah. Oh, and just stop right there. Just stop right there. You know, no, thank you. Oh, I got this at, you know, yeah. Just, thank you. Oh, I am so glad that you mentioned that because it is often a challenging thing. Like, we're so used to working hard or doing whatever it is that we are trying to accomplish. And somebody will be like, Oh my goodness, you did it. And the first thing you want to do is swat it away. Me? No. Oh, no, no. And it's just like learning to just say thank you and take it and be okay with it. <gasps> that's huge. That's a whole other, that's a whole other interview right there. Oh my God. Um, wow. That is so great. So Faye, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for this. Um, so I have two more questions for you. Number one would be, so in everything that you have learned and have been on the receiving end, how has it taught you to give feedback? Um, I have learned from the, the CEO to be able to look for the good, to, to look for the try. You know, if they're trying in any way or, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I'm, I appreciate you. I, I try to tell anybody that I'm working with any kind of a vendor or anything even is I appreciate you because mm-hmm. we don't hear that enough. Right. We'll toss a thanks or, or whatever, but to, to hear that somebody appreciates us and the effort that we've put out, that's, that's huge. And so I try to do that for sure. But then, you know, it's like, maybe we could work on this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, and, and not, not just saying, well, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. 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 Okay. I love it. Okay. So, and then here's the very last question. Although I think you probably already answered it, but I just like to make sure I go on record by asking everybody, what is, um, your greatest accomplishment in life that you are most proud of? Hmm. Can I give top three? Yes. <laughs> Number one would be my son. Okay. He is such an awesome guy. And I, you know, he's number one. I, I just, yeah, can't brag on him enough, but I, I'd be here all day. Um, number two would be the, um, I mean, I'm a brag on my husband anyway, but you know, I can't do anything with him, but uh, this having this marriage 
And people don't believe us when we say this, but it is the absolute truth. We are 29 and a half years into this thing and we've not had an argument. What? All right, yeah, that's a whole other, I'm, in a, I'm calling you back. We, we having a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? Okay. I don't right. say to that. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then my, my other accomplishment that I'm so proud of is the writing the stories. Yeah. As you should be. So tell people how they can find you, how they can um, find the books, how they can have the opportunity to get them and read them and be encouraged and get marriage advice. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I have a website. It's faybryant.com. It's F-A-Y-E bryant.com. I am on Facebook. Um, Faye Bryant Speaker is my page. Um, you can find me on Twitter, though most of what's on Twitter is what I have on Facebook, but that's okay if you're, because if you're not on Facebook, you can do Twitter. Right. So that's at RF Bryant. Um, all my books are on um, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. You can you can pick them up anywhere. Um, if you even go into a brick and mortar Barnes and Noble and say, "Hey, this book by Faye Bryant," if they don't have it on in stock, they can get it for you. Yeah, they can order it. Yeah, and uh, so you know that's that's it. I have found when searching on Amazon, if you'll search for Louise by Faye Bryant that it comes up easier Easy. and then all of my books are there. Okay. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, is there any one little piece of nugget that you want to leave for everybody before we go? Um, oh, let's see. Talking about feedback and I'm going to about giving it is give it as though you were the one receiving it. Oh, bam. Enough said. I mean, and with that, we closed. That was beautiful. I didn't get any. I love that. Give it as though you are the one going to receive it. Yeah. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Babe Bryant, thank you so much for joining us. And to everybody else, I really hope you enjoyed this. And like, like I said, you can reach out today and um, get in contact with her. And I hope that you stay tuned and join us for the next episode of from the suggestion box navigating the feedback the good the bad and the say what not letting the good stuff go to your head or the bad stuff going to your heart talk to you later this is nicole bye-bye